and welcome to Under London's Ground, the podcast brought to you by archaeologists who love London and all the weird, wonderful, amazing and quirky things that have happened here. I'm here with Mr Middlesbrough, Paul McGarrity. <laughs> Mr Middlesbrough? Wow, that's... Uh, and who gave me that title and what did I have to do? Did I have to eat my own body weight in palmos? I don't know, you tell me. You're, you're, you're Mr Middlesbrough. I have to eat my own body weight in palmos. Um, and it's me, Madam Suffolk. <laughs> Madam Suffolk. <laughs> yeah, you do realize. Madam Suffolk just snorted. Mm-hmm. She <laughs> lost the title. Oh God, Madam Suffolk and Mister mm-hmm. Middlesbrough are here to share our favourite facts about London's history. <laughs> you spent time writing these. I spent so long on that. Great. I'm not a funny person. <laughs> I'm discovering this. Uh, we're here to share our favourite facts about London's history. Um, so we've both brought a fact to the table, and crucially, the other person only knows the headline of the fact. They don't know the details. It's key. It's very key. So without further ado, welcome to episode seven, which is entitled St Paul's and the Police. Oh. I'm assuming your fact about the police isn't about the band. Exactly. <laughs> just to level everyone's expectations. So, Sting once. Uh... <laughs> um, so I'm going to kick us off with uh, my fact about St Paul's, which is that the current St Paul's is actually the fifth cathedral to stand on Ludgate Hill. That's interesting. So I will have a guess. Mm-hmm. Wren. That's is one of them. The current yeah. one. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, the medieval one that was before that oh, one that sure burned down. Oh, all right, then you crack on. Um, so, Ludgate Hill is, is unsurprisingly a hill uh-huh. in London. Um, it's one of the three ancient hills in London. Can you name the other ones? Uh, pa- no, Parliament Hills no. outside of London. Tower Hill. Tower Hill, yes. Corn Hill, which is the area Ooh. around Bank and Leadenhall. Nice. Um, so, Ludgate Hill is allegedly the site of a Roman temple to, to Diana, and I cannot stress allegedly enough. It's very difficult to do any archaeology on. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get the opportunity yeah. to excavate under St Paul's anytime soon. Can we just have a look? Can we just nip down there? Um, so, the very first cathedral to be mm. built there was in 604 AD, Ooh. and it was wooden, um, and it was dedicated by King Ethelbert of Kent. Oh, that's a strong name. Yep. So it's the time when there were various kingdoms of England, like Mercia, Wessex, Kent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, he built this wooden church. Um, and then the church was rebuilt in stone. So that's the second version. Nice. Which was then burned down by Vikings in 19. Wait, they burned down the stone one? Yeah. They wait, they, do you know what? They made life hard for themselves. <laughs> they waited until it was rebuilt in stone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the third version was also Saxon. Um, and was also destroyed by fire oh. in 1087. Are you sensing a theme? Yeah, yeah. Um, Hang on. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> um, That's not... Yeah, so it, it was, frankly, fighting against type during yeah, the Blitz. Yeah, quite. Um, well, we'll get, we'll get on to that. But, like, the Norman version of the cathedral, which is the one that you were talking about, mm. is sometimes referred as Old St Paul's. With the spire. Yes, and so that was built over a 200-year period, and the spire, I think, was finished in, like, 1315 or something like that. Um, and it was hit by lightning 250 years later, and they never bothered to rebuild it. They thought, oh, can't be asked. <laughs> Dude, it was a long so way much up. Yeah. Also, like... Every other one has burned down. I know. We spent 200 years building this down. It'll thing. just burn down. It won't. It will just burn down. Anyway, I just have to go about my business in 1665. Yeah, <laughs> yeah quite. So after Old St Paul's was destroyed in the Great Fire of 1666, 
Sir Christopher Wren was commissioned to design the fifth version of St Paul's, which is the one that stands today. Legend. Legend, legend, legend. Um, um, can I tell you, I don't know if you have this, about how he started building St Paul's secretly. Oh, no, I don't know that. Yeah. Oh, is this the church that's nearby? So he did like a little practice they one. They did do a practice one, which is... Um, St Stephen Walbrook. St Stephen yeah. Walbrook, which has a practice roof in, but that's not what I mean. The layout of the church was not to the liking of the city elders. The people of London were like, um, this church you've designed, yeah. you are a big fan of classical architecture. Yeah. Uh, the Renaissance is just now starting to get to England, uh, whereas the Renaissance has been happening yeah, for ages yeah. in these really super Catholic countries. Oh. Yeah. So Wren's like, I just like the look of them. And everyone else is going, all the Protestant uh, fathers of London are going, it looks a bit... It looks ca- super Catholic. A bit yeah. Catholic, mate. It looks like, they thought, worried it looked like a Catholic basilica, like one in Rome. And Wren was like, um, it should, because I'm t- trying to make it look like that. But like, I see what you mean, do- domed buildings. Domed were very, buildings yeah. rather than spires. So he made like a, a mock-up of a sort of more gothic structure. Mm. And then put these massive wooden panels around the building site and laid out the foundations. And he just built it himself. Like, like no, he, he got wanted. the money off them. Yeah. And they were like, great, you go for it. You build We like that design. We like that. Very go Protestant. Ren. Ren. Very English. Yes. Pointy. Old fashioned English. Bit go scary Ren. looking. Yeah. Gargoyles. And Ren go. Was like, Secret Catholic Church. Go. <laughs> And he laid really? out. He laid out uh, the, the the building as it in Islam. So you know, he originally wanted to put a pineapple on on the top of the dome. What? Well, did you not know this? No. So there are actually pineapples all over St Paul's because yeah. Christopher Wren saw them as like a symbol of prosperity. I think it was or something like that. And so he originally wanted to stick a pineapple yeah. on the dome, and they were like, "Can we just can we just go with the cross? Can we go with the normal cross, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Christopher? Yeah. Come on, Chris." Like, yeah. Um, but so Christopher Wren's cathedral was finally completed at I think seventeen ten, mm-hmm. um, and there's a nice story that Christopher Wren's son was raised up in a basket to place the final stone in the dome. Ah, oh. yeah, ah. Oh, but also, I personally feel it's a bit risky. Child's labour. Leaving, but also a bit risky leaving this the completion of a cathedral to like child with. I've just got this image of these two weedy little arms <laughs> in a basket, like shaking with the stone. Father, is this correct, Father? <laughs> The mortar, yeah. Um, different time, I guess. Different time. Different times. We also don't know how old Ren's son was. He might have been like twenty-five. <laughs> Raised up in a basket. Yeah, I've got like. I've got you not. It's not like a Muslim. It's not giving it to a baby. <laughs> I've got in my mind like a four-year-old. No, I think it's probably. Just oh a... God, it's probably a big burly builder. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in my mind, it was like this, like small child, <laughs> like Found struggling in the reeds. <laughs> Struggling with the weight of this. Ah, will Father notice me? He spent so much time on the church. Um, how many how many domes are there at the top of St. Paul? One. No. There are three domes at the top of St. Paul's. <laughs> you could not have said that more smugly. Yes, I did. <laughs> if you'll excuse me, I'm going to push the glasses off my face as well. <laughs> um, there are three domes at yeah. the top. Because he was all four, the classical sort of... So you said it was three. Uh, sorry, how many did I say? Four. Oh, no, I got it wrong. Three. All there four. Ah, are... oh, boo! Because he was a big fan <laughs> of the classical dimensions... 
he wanted to make sure that when you were inside St. Paul's and you look up at the door, yeah. it didn't look like it was a weird height. But when you're outside, you wanted to make sure that it was really high up over the rooftops. Oh, yeah, okay. So there is an internal brick dome, which is the one that you can see, that is um, sort of all painted up and looks really nice. No way! Yes. Above that, they, he, he has a really massive stone lamp. It's like six, seven tons. Yeah. Is the, the, la- is the structure right at the top of the dome. And the external dome, which is lead and wood could not support the weight of the lantern. Right. So there is a hidden third dome. They have a dome tease, Which is isn't not they? a dome. It's a, uh, a parabolic arch. Like, if you throw something in the air and the way that it comes down, right. that's a parabola. Right. It's a much stronger structure. The inside of that dome yep. is painted with an optical illusion so that when you look up, it looks like you're looking inside the lantern but you actually can't see the lantern so deception yeah deal with it so there are if you see a cross section there are there's a hidden dome and there's a false dome to give you the impression of the the correct height that's very interesting i know that the crypt yeah is the is the largest crypt in europe because it's the same Mm. it covers the same floor space as the main cathedral yeah and it's actually got a dome the opposite way round. so the the church is exactly replicated upside down seriously no oh I do not care for that. I'm a very gullible creature. I just like the idea of it. Wasting, that's why he's hidden it the whole time. Why are you putting a dome down there? No reason. But the crypt is where Ren yes. is buried, isn't it? It is, And yeah. I think also Lord Nelson mm. and Duke of Wellington. I think they're all buried in the crypt. Are they? I know you can have dinner in the crypt as well. Mm. I've actually seen uh, their tombs, and I think it's Nelson's is... Really imposing. Really? It's just a massive black box. Might, and just, to be fair... Nelson! Oh, to be fair, I can imagine that being the Duke of Wellington's. Bit oh, of it could be. Yeah, yeah. Or is it, it's one of them. Like, yeah. It's just this black square, and you're like, ooh, ooh bit much. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got another nice story about Christopher Wren, actually, building the cathedral. Go on. So when he was like picking through the debris of old St Paul's, um, he found part of a broken tombstone that said, um, had the word resurgum on it. Ah. Which is Latin for I shall rise again. Yeah. So he used that stone to mark the centre point of the new dome. I don't know which dome there is. You've just blown my noggin that there's three. <laughs> um, and there's also above one of the entrances, there's a phoenix with the motto resurgum as well. Oh, so it's quite nice, nice that St. Paul's has actually risen kind of four yeah. times. Four times? Yeah, four times. If this is the fifth one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Are you saying about the Blitz though? Yeah, so I mean, if you think about the fact that yeah, it's been destroyed four times... Um, it's pretty incredible that it actually survived the Blitz, mm. which levelled most of London. It's We should try and find it. and If we can't, we can't. But if you look at the bomb damage map, um, which is a really mm. impressive thing that was created to show the level of destruction. Mm-hmm. If you look at what is around St Paul's, like it's not just London was heavily damaged. You look at the buildings directly around St Paul's flattened. So I think part of this, there was there was um, a group of volunteers of men and women who worked really hard. They called themselves St Paul's Watch and they basically volunteered day and night and they were on watch to put out any fires and get rid of any incendiary bombs yeah. away from St Paul's. Um, and in 1940, I think it was, there was like a time-delayed bomb that actually hit St Paul's Cathedral Ooh. and a group of royal engineers managed to defuse it and um, uh, but it would have absolutely 
completely levels St Paul's had it gone off. Yeah. Because when they detonated at like a secure location, yeah, the crater was like a hundred foot crater, which is basically the same diameter mm. as the dome. And it's such an iconic view. You know there are protected views of St Paul's. Yeah, yeah, where you can't build a building in front of... Yeah, yeah. so you have to be able to see it, which is why some of the buildings in the city mm. have weird shapes. So that they go around so to, the, yeah. Like, so when you're looking down, uh, I think from Fleet Street is one of them, uh, from uh, Archway Hill. Cheapside, I imagine, as well. Yeah. yeah, and so you have to be able to see it. So there's, there's like, whole tower blocks that... Go up straight and then at the top go, oh, so sorry. I just, but I just love that, yeah, it, like it had been destroyed so many times before, and actually, in this super destructive event, which was the Blitz, it managed to survive. Rise I know. like a phoenix. Isn't that the song by. Yeah, Conchita Verse. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's that really famous photo of St. Paul's, isn't there? In the um, smoke. Shrouded in smoke. And, and I think it sort of became sort of like a symbol of defiance, almost like a big middle finger. Ooh! Oh, well, I think it did, because it was kind of like, look at all the buildings you've flattened, but you haven't flattened some yeah, yeah. Which We saved one of them! I know, but what one to save. It is a heck of a building. Um, we'll find that photo, we'll put that on social media. It's been defiant well. from the moment it was built. <laughs> with all those upside down rooms in it as well. Oh, I can't deal with you. <laughs> What's your fact? Well... My fact is this. There is a tiny, tiny, tiny secret, not so secret, uh, police observation post built into one of the pillars around Trafalgar Square. I think I might have seen it, because yeah. it looks a bit tardisy. Yeah. Well... Funny you should say that. Okay. It is. Um, so some people classify it as a police station, and Britain's smallest police station is not a police station. <laughs> because isn't a police station where you can like hold... Yeah, there's no... Not, no. Hold, not hold somebody like for a cuddle. <laughs> well, no, apparently you could put two prisoners in it. Like that Really? Was, yeah, that was a, it was big enough to like shove them in, maybe. Uh, but they'd also, if you did do that, then it would be two prisoners who had access to your telephone system. (laughs) (laughs) Has it got a telephone in there? It did. It did have a telephone. It had a uh, telegram, first of all, Mm. and then it was replaced with a telephone. And it's essentially, it's a police box, which the TARDIS is. Oh, so it is a bit like a TARDIS. Yes. Um, But they didn't want a big blue police box on Trafalgar Square. However, it also operates as an observation point. Because Trafalgar Square, um, after its construction, uh, became, because it was a big open space, became a focal point for political activism. And there well, were. Well, it kind of still is today. Yeah, it still is yeah. today, yeah. And before there were radios and, you know, walkie talkies, you basically had to lock a policeman in the corner of the square who would look through the slits that are cut into the granite of the, uh, of the observation point and kind of go, oh. Things so are looking tasty. Yeah. And then they'd... Isn't there a the light on top of it as well? Is it, is yes. That... So the light was originally gas-powered, yeah. but then they uh, transferred it to electric in the 1930s. And when they switched it over to electric, they hooked it up to the telephone so that when the police who were on patrol got a phone call, if they couldn't hear the ringing, the whole thing lit up. Oh, I love that. So, I mean, it's not... People say it's like a secret one. And it is hidden away. Oh, and you it wouldn't is, notice it unless you kind of knew to Unless you're looking for it. I had someone yeah, point yeah. it out to me and I was like, oh my God, 
rush. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you clock it otherwise. No, and it also looked like it would be a... Di- like, if people are rioting, I wouldn't want to be the one who's like, I've got to use the phone, but every time I pick it up, it flashes really loud. This has just got, like, rickety wooden doors as well, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So uh, it was... Um, yeah, so the, you, you'd, you'd basically... You'd see trouble and you'd ring. Mm. Now, it was... Uh, there was a police box there... Prior to this, I think it was from about 1919, they had like a temporary wooden one. Okay. Uh, but they decided they needed to build a permanent one in 1926. What is important about 1926? Can you think of anything? Nope. It was the general strike. So basically, they were seeing yeah. the beginnings of what they thought. Like strife almost. Well, yeah, they were, th- they were thinking like... Russia's gone over to communism um, in you know in World War One, mm. and this was basically them panicking, thinking it's the closest that Britain's come to a, a revolution. Sort yeah, of thing. yeah. So their reaction to that was to build a very tiny police <laughs> observation point, so that a man could go, "Hello, yes, looks like communists." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a pretty English way of dealing with it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it took them two years to build it as well. Like they, they, they said they were going to do it in 26, and it finishes in 28. And the best thing... Right? Didn't the Depression hit in 29? Um, yeah, around yeah. that time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the best thing, I, I read this... Um, How much did they spend on that police box? <laughs> all of our GDP. Yeah. <laughs> so why, it's why the Depression happened. I was about to say, maybe we finally found yeah. the real cause. They all called it the police box depression. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was uh, apparently, mm. I've only seen one source for this, but apparently uh, the construction was delayed because they were bringing granite from uh, Cornwall and it was stolen en route. Are you joking? No. To build a police box? Yes. <laughs> that's quite fun, isn't oh, it? That's sweet, tasty irony. But there's been loads, there's been absolutely loads of protests there. Um, one of the, the earliest ones, uh, so Trafalgar Square, which was originally going to be called William the Fourth Square. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. And then someone was like, mm, Actually, this guy probably deserves it. Can we, yeah. I've, got, I've also got this plan for a massive statue with weirdly large hands. Does he have weirdly large hands? He's all out of proportion. If you see him, uh, like, up close, yeah. they've, Understandably, uh, carved him so that he looks normal from below. Like, below. But, not up. but if you get up close to him, you're like, "Oh, you're all wrong." Do you know that the stonemasons, when they finished, when they were about to put the statue on, they had dinner at the top. Did they of the of the of, of the column? Yeah, yeah. That's very cool. <laughs> Sorry, that was just like a little sci-fi. I remember being like, "I would not yeah. partake in that personally," but yeah. I think <laughs> I think they've got a head for heights once they've got that. There's none of them that have gone. Oh, finally finished that job. Now to check what I've done. Oh! Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, I probably wouldn't take the job of a stonemason yeah. to start with. Oh, how did I get up here? I'm too efficient for my own good. Christopher Wren's kid in a basket. <laughs> I'm here to help you. I'm putting the statue on the top. Father, love me. <laughs> He's been dead for a century. Yeah. There's been riots Throughout history, uh, one of the earliest ones was the Charterists in 1848, and they started in Trafalgar Square, and then they just kicked off down into uh, Parliament, which led to a ban on political gatherings mm-hmm. until the 1880s. And then in the 1880s, they're like, "All right, you can gather," uh, which led to the 1887 uh, riots, which were called the Bloody Sunday Riots. Um, 
where people were protesting about unemployment and uh, the Irish question and various odds and sods. They wanted an MP releasing. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the demonstration was actually um, organised by the Social Democratic Federation and the Irish National League. And uh, it, about 400 people were arrested during it. Uh, 75 people were badly injured, including many police. Uh, two policemen being stabbed and one protester bayoneted. Can I lighten the mood with a little little side fact? Yes. A side dish of fact. You don't have to do the wobbly head. <laughs> yes, you can. Um, London's actual smallest police station, because as you said, this is a, an outpost, is in Wellington Arch, mm. in high, near High Park Corner. Um, it had 12 police officers, a dartboard and a cat. <laughs> but it's now an exhibition space, so you can yeah. actually go inside... I think it's called the Quijiga, mm. and it's run by um, English Heritage. Oh, apparently, they use the uh, the tiny box in Trafalgar Square to keep clean as products. There's just like a mop in there. Yeah. Oh, that's a bit sad. The police station at Waterloo Pier is Britain's only floating police station. The reigning champions of the Olympic sport of tug of war. Yes. Are the City of London Police. That's exciting. Because the tug of war was an Olympic sport for only six games. The last one was held in uh, the at the Antwerp Olympic Games in 1920. Yeah. And a team formed of the City of London Police won gold. And then because tug of war got dropped as an Olympic sport, technically, they the are... City of London Police are the reigning champions, yeah. Olympic champions for tug of war. Paul, do you want to tell us a bit about what Under London's Ground does other than just this podcast? Of course I can. Uh, we are also a walking tour company which specialises in looking at the archaeology of London. We are both archaeologists. Woo! <laughs> Testify! <laughs> uh, we love the city that we work in and have worked in for our entire careers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both of us have our entire careers. And we can see the streets uh, from a very interesting perspective. That is, we can see what happens underneath them. And we have various tours based on different themes. We've got a Roman London tour. We've got an archaeology of death tour. We have an archaeology of performance spaces. And we've got some more coming in the yeah, new yeah. year as we grow and develop. Um, we have a uh, Instagram page where we put up a lot of the images, extra facts, little interesting bits and bobs, uh, which you can get at London... Um, at under London's ground. Our Twitter is at London's under, and our website where you can actually book on the tours is underlondonsground.squarespace.com. That was that was such a good like, advert voice. Oh, I, do you want me to do it properly? Oh, yeah, go on. Under London. Oh, hang on. Oh, oh, they've got a little bit of a yeah. frog in the little throat there. Under London's ground at squarespace.com. That was more. Old man. Old man, okay. Yeah. Um, no pressure, but no pr- don't mess it up. Uh, under London's ground, you can get us, you can hire us for a tour at underlondonsground.squarespace.com. My man nailed it. Silly <laughs> <laughs> <Sell> it bang. Shall <laughs> <laughs> we finish? the podcast as we finish every podcast episode with some quick fire facts getting drunk oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) i wish should we just go get some old wine sack the rest of this off no we're gonna finish it with the quick fire fact the ricochet ricochet surprised even me um do you want to hit us up 
Yes, of course. Uh, so the first one is Sir Giles Gilbert Scott, who designed the iconic red telephone box, also designed some other iconic London landmarks, including Waterloo Bridge, Battersea Power Station, and Bankside Power Station, which is now the Tate Modern. Talented guy. Mm. And that ties in with your telephone, with your police box. Yes, police, well. yeah. <laughs> Things that Superman could get changed in. <laughs> Um, so my fact is not specific to London, but I saw this and I love this. Fair and square, the phrase fair and square, isn't quite what you think. Square was an old English word for honest, so really the honest the, the phrase is fair and honest. Oh. I like that, but fair and square rings a bit better, doesn't it? I like that one. Yeah, there we go. Well done. Thank you. Great. So it's goodbye from me, Amy Atkins. And it's goodbye from me, Paul Duncan McGarity. And until next time, we hope you find something interesting near you. I'll feed us in. Spicy. (laughs) You've been listening to the Under London's Ground podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Under London's Ground and on our website, unsurprisingly, Under London's Ground, where you can book to have a tour of London given to you by an archaeologist. The music you've listened to through this podcast is provided by Brown Boots. Check them out if you can. <laughs>